CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Well, well, welcome to Star Trek, the pod directive. I am one of your hosts, Paul F. Tompkins. I'm the other one of your hosts, Donnie Newsom. This is the official Star Trek podcast. It truly is. And we have someone official with us here today, Tony, don't we? We do. We have an official Star Trek person on the official Star Trek podcast. <laughs> uh, look, we got 13 episodes in the books on this year's season two. And I said, we cannot put out 13 episodes. I am not. A, a streaming service doing television. 13 is unlucky. You don't put it on albums. And in my in my opinion, you don't do it on podcasts. So we're gonna we're gonna look back at some favorite moments. We're gonna talk about some uh, some Trek media that we've been enjoying, all all to bridge the gap this summer while you wait, while you wait for that drop of August 12th, lower decks. You get your your first taste of new Trek for the season. Uh so this is a this is our summer vacay, look back, chat, talk about stuff episode. This is us signing our yearbooks. Yes. Promising to stay as sweet as we are. Stay cool. <laughs> Please, I beg of you, stay cool. <laughs> my friend Miranda signed my yearbook, Peace, Love, and Make Bacon one time. And I was like, she's the coolest person I've ever met. What? <laughs> what? Did, did that have a different meaning? And maybe, it was an, maybe it was a, some kind of innuendo that I was too naive to understand. Do you but think it was dirty? Sure. Because she was a cool girl. She was a cool girl. But either way, <laughs> it made me feel cool by proxy. And you know who else <laughs> makes me feel cool by proxy? <laughs> Queen of the Segway. That's right. It's our lovely producer, the editor of StarTrek.com. She probably has a new title now that I'm forgetting. It's Kendra James. <laughs> Kendra, welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Kendra, <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, you have been with us, of course, through this whole season, uh, uh, prompting us when we have forgotten names of characters or entire alien races. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want to say, I want to I let people get to know you a little bit because I think you are a fascinating person. Yes. <laughs> there agreed. was one I had to text you you posted something on every, Okay. <laughs> so, if you follow Kendra on social media, she will reveal another layer <laughs> I'm afraid layer. of what's coming. <laughs> it's just like you know, I'm uh, digging my violin out of the uh, out of storage to get it restrung, or I'm uh, I'm, I'm gonna take up ice skating again. Well, it's always like some mm -hmm. new hobby that I was not aware of, mm -hmm. and it's it's fascinating to me. And it's always like, what what is the new Kendra hobby gonna drop? <laughs> um, so my husband would agree with you, and he would pick up outside. There is a half finished Catwoman cross stitch. Yep. Uh, that, that he was, yeah. <laughs> um, Cross stitch. 
got real into night court during the pandemic. Sure. For like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yep. Night yep. court. I don't think Kendra could tell me anything about herself that would surprise me. No, it's just like <laughs> at this point, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Like, well, right. you, it's it's funny. You brought up yearbooks and signing yearbooks. I've been writing about high school for a really long time. And uh, on my yearbook, we have a double page, me and my best friend from high school. She was another black girl. The front and center of our yearbook page, we called each other Bartleby and Loki from the movie Dogma. <gasps> Adorable. And so our yearbook page just has two pictures of uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon on it. Sure. Um, for two black girls. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense. It also tracks. Uh, weirdly, my high school best friend, Char, who was Filipino, and I were also obsessed with the movie Dogma. It must have really, really? spoken to young women of color. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why. I wow. don't. Wow. We're going to have to off mic about that. We really do. We have a lot of things to chat off mic about. Sometimes I'll text Kendra at 10 p.m. about something that's happened on a very old episode of 90 Day Fiance that I know she has seen and committed to memory. That's another thing is like the Kendra, so many, you're consuming so much stuff and I don't know how you do it. We have a big couch um, and... I work from that couch and my mm-hmm. husband doesn't get to choose anything that we watch. That's, that's <laughs> there literally we go. how, that's you know how what? we do it. That's that actually, is. that is the key for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, it's because I think it's because you're a detail person. Like you're such a detail person. You have to be to run the Star Trek.com website. We've all seen your instructions for freelancer uh, document <laughs> attached at the bottom of every email you send. I've read it thoroughly. It's very, it's very good. You're a, you're a detail person. Um, we talked to Kendra last season. Uh, she was on the episode with Angelica Jade Bastion and Michelle Hurd with me when we talked all about black people in Trek. Uh, but we yeah. didn't really get a full deep dive, Kendra, on your, I, I think we got your first contact, but I don't really know how you got involved in Trek professionally. Professionally. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I applied. I, I just applied for the job and I applied as a fan and I applied via LinkedIn, which I never do. Like I, that is not a social media network that I believe in. Um, But I saw Star Trek (laughs) at the bottom of that job listing and I actually DM'd my now boss, Yasmin, on LinkedIn. um, And I wrote like a big fan message, not knowing that while she has been on the brand for 10 years, she's not actually like a fan of Star Trek. She just like, Respect. She just like has respect for it as a fran- as a fifty five year long franchise. Sure. So I wrote this very enthusiastic message, not knowing that that probably wouldn't matter to her. Sure. <laughs> I bet it mattered to someone though. Someone, yes. <laughs> and did you come from mostly a writing background? I know you've worked for other um, like LA production companies and worked in TV in different ways. Yeah. So I came over. I was editing um, at Shondaland.com back when it like first started. I was actually the first hire there, which is like really weird to think of. Wow. Cool. Yeah. And so um, but before that, I was freelance writing in New York um, and working as an assistant director of admissions at independent schools. Okay. Um, (laughs) Because another layer, another layer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I was working at these like really preppy schools. and then I was working at a school that was founded by the Blue Man Group, like the literal like Blue Man oh, blue faces. As, as a longtime Chicagoan, I'm very familiar. Yes. I worked at the coffee shop next door to their theater. I saw a lot of Blue Men in my time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was working at their school in uh, the Phi Guy in New York and writing Pardon at me. the same time. I'm so time. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. When we talk about a school that is founded by Blue Man Group, <laughs> Great question. What, what type of school is this? What are they okay. learning? 
genuinely um kind of like the best school that i worked at i'm gonna be like really honest it was great because i gosh okay long story short i went to board <laughs> i went to boarding school in new england um so i went to like a super white boarding school graduated from college and then started working at organizations to put students of color into these like independent and boarding schools realized mm-hmm. that that was insane because these places are not set up to um because uh, we're sending them deal. slaughter yeah yes exactly <laughs> uh, these places are not set up to deal with black and brown students should have known that from my own experience and guess what now i'm writing a book but so <laughs> so when i got to blue man group it was like it's this super progressive school that like where diversity was not just preached, but it was actually like put into practice in the classrooms and because, like, in the community. Of course, because everyone's a person of color and that color is blue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so diversity and sort of inclusion have always been like the things that I've been focusing on, even when I was sending these other black and brown children to slaughter, essentially. <laughs> sure. um, we were doing that to try to diversify the, the bodies of the school. And so Star Trek, like, honestly, was kind of just, I think that that draw to do that did come from watching Star Trek as a kid. Because, like, yeah. I have always had exposure to this world uh, that was created that is so inclusive, is so diverse, um, and has overcome so many of the problems that I watched my parents and, like, colleagues grow up with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was always sort of there. That makes total sense. That's why I love Star Trek. I think that's why my 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 Black family loves it so much. Part of why. Um, <laughs> all right. Now we have to kick off. We're going to look back. Look, guys, we're not going to we're not going to wax poetic for too long. But we do want to talk. We've had an incredible season. I have loved this season of the show, especially we got to do so many cool things, talk to cool people. So I just want to go around and talk about our just our favorite moments, favorite interviews, fa- favorite sentences even. It could be tiny. Um, <laughs> any anything we want to say to just look back that, that we loved about this season of Trek the Pod Directive. The highlight for me was in in a, in a really as you say a really fun and cool season. The in a standout season, the standout for me was Michelle Yeoh. Yep. Just hearing her, man, I love when people talk about the creative process in a in a real non pretentious way. Mm. It's so people that have and people that have experience like she's done so many things so to listen to her talk about how she approaches stuff is uh, that's invaluable to me you know to hear that and and in addition to being really entertaining you know like the life that she's lived is just incredible and she was so funny too you know like she was a she was a cool lady (laughs) like yeah (laughs) i really i really like i loved how down to earth she was but at the same time was really serious about what she does but not to the not to the point of making it a bummer for other people because mm-hmm. it can be a fine line with with actors like there are some people that in order for them to do their thing they have to make other people <laughs> miserable sure. and she absolutely she clearly is not that type of person you know and she really values the team creative effort, which mm-hmm. that to me is always the hallmark of a real pro yeah. and a real artist is somebody that realizes they're in a collaborative art form and that it's not about like, 
here's what I need to do the best job that I can do. It's like, no, that's your responsibility. Yeah. You go off and do that You have yourself. a whole trailer to figure that out yes, alone. exactly. <laughs> yes. You don't make that somebody else's problem, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just, and I love that we were, you know, she's in Paris and we're talking mm-hmm. to her and she's uh, sitting in front of uh, some beautiful art, having a glass of wine. Like it was, it was just fantastic. I felt like I was in Paris just looking at her. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, Kendra, what about you? You have any faves? Um, I mean, Michelle Yeoh was going to be mine. Like, I took the sense of calm that she gave me, like, into the next, like, one or two weeks. Like, I was just, like, I would think about that painting that you were talking about and just, like, sort of her glowing in front of it. (laughs) And it actually helped center me for a while. Sure. (laughs) Otherwise, um, the two, like, honestly, the two that made me laugh the most were Don Lewis and then your mom, Stephanie. (sighs) I had a great time during that episode. Genuinely almost set my hair on fire because I laughed oh. to I laughed in the wrong direction and threw some some hair onto a candle that was burning. No. <laughs> yes. Don't laugh towards a candle. Yeah. Laugh away from a candle. <laughs> laughed completely in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> that interview and just like the fact that Dawn showed up in full makeup. She was just like ready to go. That's right. Uh, Dawn did show up. Now, look, we might have gotten our wires crossed. I think we might have sent her a breakdown of how to do this show, like how to record, how to send your file, like we send everybody. And then I think Mm -hmm. she also got maybe a press thing for something else she was doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So she, I, I believe she she thought that this was an on-camera appearance and she yes. came beat to the gods, hair yes. fully done. <laughs> and we were like, we're so sorry. This is just audio. <laughs> and she was bad. <laughs> but I, really, I really feel like it gave the interview like another another burst of energy that it maybe it otherwise sure. wouldn't have had. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then the one that we, we uh, just recently recorded with Lauren and Nicole, uh, yeah. Lauren Lapkus and Nicole Byer was also great because I think I love the fact that this podcast was like very open um, yes. and o- open to new people yep. and to like crossover audiences. And I feel they were just so enthusiastic and so open to learning about Star Trek while laughing mm-hmm. about it, which yeah. I think is OK. And yeah. honest about what they didn't love, which is absolutely OK. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that, too. I love that that was um, Kendra's idea to do that episode. And um, Paul is obviously very good friends with Lauren. I'm good friends with Nicole. I guess I'm good friends with Lauren. Well, we'll ask her how she feels about that. <laughs> Paul, how's your relationship with Nicole? <laughs> I think it's good. Okay. I well, mean, what have you heard? We'll check in. <laughs> um, what did she say? Well, I'll let you know. Uh, but no, I love that that was your idea because they have their podcast, Newcomers, where they come as, you know, fresh fresh faces to so many new properties. And you know, Trek can be, uh, it's definitely not the most gatekeepery fandom in the world. It's definitely more inclusive than most. But uh, yeah, it can be hard for people who don't know anything about it to be allowed to talk about it. And I wanted yeah. to make clear that this podcast allows that and it's cool even if they don't like it. Which they didn't. <laughs> yeah, which they didn't. And that was fine. <laughs> I sometimes like think about where I would start now with Star Trek, like if I yeah. had not grown up watching it. And I actually don't know what the answer to that question is. It's so much stuff. It's 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 got to be. I feel like it's got to be daunting for someone that's not already familiar with it beyond just the absorbing like the kind of pop culture sure. details that everyone knows. But yeah, like I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would be. I would say like start in order. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would probably tell people to start with 
depending on what their style of what what types of shows they normally watch. Like obviously yeah. if you only watch comedy, then I guess start with Lower Decks and you might not get all the references, but it'll still be fun. But I think if you're brand brand new, I'd almost say to start with the next generation and kind of mm-hmm. do the 90s trek. If you're if you enjoy that, maybe pop back to some original series and then catch up with all of us in the new stuff. That's just yeah. what I I think that sounds good. I mean, because TNG still looks relatively um, modern in terms of Mm sci-fi, whereas Mm -hmm. TOS is like, this is the 60s for sure. It can be a hard (laughs) entry point. And especially the things we've talked about on the show, you know, it's not, some of the things don't hold up. It's not progressive in the way that we might hope. (laughs) So that can be hard for a new new viewer. Um, I think, okay, you guys took a lot of my favorite moments, so... But I had so many. There were, you know, I really loved our chat with Erin McDonald, yeah. our science consultant, because she truly just explained to me how things work <laughs> that mm-hmm. I did not <laughs> understand. Yeah. I don't have much of a, a, a science. I don't have any science training. I went to a fine arts school and they basically were like, can you work an Excel spreadsheet? Great. You don't need any more math or any more science. And I was like, isn't this bad? Um, <laughs> aren't we all going to be administrative assistants for <laughs> first? So yeah, just anytime I talk to someone who knows so much about something I know so little about, and she's such a fan and was so joyful and, and bubbly. Joyful is the word. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as someone who, who failed chemistry, to hear people talk about science in an excited way, mm. it almost makes me want to know about science. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and the thing the thing about Erin is like I spent some time with her on the Star Trek cruise and as science oriented as her brain is, because uh, she does have a doctorate, she and I would just sit around talking about Orlando Bloom fan fiction that we used to write. And like oh, she is just like oh, oh, another layer. Another yes. layer of camera. <laughs> <laughs> just keep peeling them back. But she's just like such a fan. And it's just yeah. so nice to see her like actually get to live out her dream. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like the breadth of type of person that we spoke to. We we spoke to people, you know, we just spoke to Alex Kurtzman, who's like in charge of Star Trek right now. And mm. then oh, all the way to, you know, Jack Quaid, who's my castmate on one of the newest shows on Trek. And, you know, we just talked to such a critics and and friends. And yeah, it was just, I loved the diversity of guests. Now, who didn't we get that you're mad that we didn't get? Because we can just say their name right Whoopi now. Whoopi Goldberg. Here, pressure them. Whoopi Goldberg. I want to talk to Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, man, okay. that would be incredible. I think she's my first comedy influence because I saw the movie, the problematic 80s film, Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> it mostly holds up, but there's some parts where it really doesn't. Well, I'm sorry, what is that about again? Okay, so Jumpin' Jack Flash is about Whoopi Goldberg who works in a bank, but she gets contacted by this British intelligence, like this MI6 officer, <laughs> uh-huh. and- he makes her go undercover for some reason because she won't be noticed, even though she's like the only black woman in these like fancy events where she's in like a sequin gown. Um, <laughs> but he makes her go undercover to try and uh, take care of some KGB henchmen or something. But it is such a, it's got everything I love, like spy shit, mm-hmm. comedy, wigs. Those are my top three things. <laughs> and it's Penny Marshall's uh, directorial film directorial debut. Oh wow! I had no idea. That's wild. Mm-hmm. She's she's fantastic. I would actually kill to get her on here. I feel like there's a bit of a whoopassance going on right now. Oh, yes. there's a true whoopassance happening, and deserved, very deserved. Mm-hmm. She, um, my favorite whoopee story was the one she told me, or other people told me, and she said that sounds like something I would do. Um, <laughs> I, inter- <laughs> I interviewed her. Uh, 
for a Cinderella oral history from the 1997 Cinderella starring Brandy and Whitney. <laughs> the uh, only Cinderella I recognize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the only one, literally. And Bernadette Peters and mm-hmm. uh, Victor Garber. Sorry, please continue. No, no, no. <laughs> and Natalie Dassault, R.I.P. So, yeah, she did not like the jewelry that was provided to her on set. She was playing the queen. Sure. Uh, and she said the jewelry looked too fake. So she called her friends at Harry Winston. And Harry Winston hand-delivered jewelry to set along with security guards to guard her because she was wearing several, several million dollars worth of jewelry in that movie in every they were, scene. They were trying to it. avoid a Jumpin' Jack Flash type situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I would like to imagine her doing the same when she returns uh, as Guinan for, in Picard. <laughs> same. I hope she brings that millions of dollars of jewelry. Well, I don't remember Guinan wearing so many necklaces and tiaras. <laughs> Guinan is flush with it. And just to be clear, Whoopi did not want this jewelry for herself. She just wanted it for the character to look better, yes. right? And then it yes. just went back. <laughs> yep. That's perfect. I love it. In it for the craft. Okay. I would like to move on to some news. We got some updates coming straight from Kendra about what is what, exciting things that are happening in the Trek universe. So the first thing we got, we learned on First Contact Day. First Contact Day. That John Delancey is coming back in the role of Q to Picard. Yeah, this is very exciting. Um, yeah. And I'm just like speaking like as a fan. Uh, I used to have the Q box set, which just had every episode <laughs> that Q was in. Um, oh, because what? those were my- <laughs> Do they still sell that? What a cool I don't, gift. I think it's been discontinued. It was like a DVD the box set Q-box. and it had everything. Um, and that was actually... I think I got that in like high school or college. And that was what reminded me because I had been searching through my DS9 DVDs being like, where are the Q episodes? Where are the Q episodes? And then I was like, oh, right. I never watched seasons one through two of Deep Space Nine. Q shows right. up once, punches him and and Cisco punches him. And he was like, oh, I'm this is not a place for me. Uh- and never shows up again. <laughs> I believe, is it called The Q Continuum? A 1996 VHS four tape set? There we go. But I had, I had the DVD. Oh, I had congrats. the DVDs. Uh, they were from Malaysia, which is where I got all of my Star Trek DVDs at the time because I couldn't afford to pay $50. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Q will be coming back to Picard and we have not seen Q. Well, we haven't seen Q in his physical form since Voyager, though we have seen him show up on your show, Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he came in for uh, episode seven and uh, yeah, okay, did a little cameo. So they're um, they're currently filming now. They're actually filming kind of like all over LA. This is not a secret. People have seen them. So oh, cool. if you're running around DTLA, you might see them filming uh, right along with the She's All That reboot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and did you also used to make uh, collectible dolls for the She's All That franchise? Is that another layer of Kendra? No, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> you never know. I, I once, this is years ago, um, it was my only writing job. I was writing on a TV show, and um, in the, the studio where we were housed, our offices were housed, there was also a casting office. And one day I walked out of my office and saw waiting in the lobby a bunch of actors waiting to be called in. Among them, John Delancey, uh, Ian McNeese, and like some other recognizable people. And like sitting there with sides in their hands. And I was and I, I was so glad I saw it because I was like, oh, it never ends. Like you're never, <laughs> it never you're ends. never, you're never set. Like there's, there's a, a tiny handful of people in Hollywood mm-hmm. that are like, they're just handed <laughs> checks. And then for everybody else, it's like, yeah, you will audition till the day you die. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. He he does a lot of um, sort of like other side stuff too. I went to Oberlin um, and when I was there, he like often did narration for like choral narration. So like when the Oberlin uh, cor- chorus or whatever, we had a conservatory, mm-hmm. they weren't a chorus, they were something else. When they would perform <laughs> in Cleveland, yeah. I went once and John Delancey was doing like the narration over it uh, live. So oh. he was actually there. Wow. So I get the feeling he he works. He gets around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. He's on that hustle just like everybody else. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're all trying to work, you know? We're all on yeah. the hustle. <laughs> and then, like, speaking of places just where you might see him, I don't know if you guys have heard, uh, but there is a new official Star Trek convention. Yes. Chicago, my old home. Chicago. Wow. Yeah. I am mm-hmm. pretty excited. It's because it's from Reed Pop. It's the people who do New York Comic Con, which is always like an event every year. Yeah, it's impressive. And it's not in Las Vegas. I very exciting. Look, let me, Mike McMahon, who is from Chicago, I just lived there for a long time. But um, I don't know if we've ever said this like press wise or whatever, but Mike McMahon used to be a host and a server at um, the Second City where I worked for like five years. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he was a, he was a, he was wait staff. He was night staff, which like, wow. um, we, you know, if you ever worked or, or went to Second City, we love our night staff so much. They are not only people bringing you chicken fingers, but they are also people telling drunk people to shut up so that the actors can be heard. They're kicking people out who bring dogs in under the table and try to hide them in a purse. They, <laughs> truly, the stories I have from Second City are wild and we don't have time for them, but folks who work night staff were heroes. So Mike McMahon did that up until I think 2010, which is right when I joined Second City. So we just missed each other. Aww. But we both have stories. When we found out that, um, that the convention was coming to Chicago, it is coming to the McCormick Place, which is a big downtown convention center that he and I both have only ever had experiences going there as like, like I went there as a caterer. Like I catered the McCormick Place so much. I did events and weddings and career builder, you know, uh, company-wide meetings or whatever, retreats. And we both were like, we've never been back to Chicago really with like a job, like <laughs> like an entertainment <laughs> job that we were proud of. And yeah. it's such a, we're both so excited to be able to go back and like see our friends, he can see his family and to celebrate this thing that we're doing that we love so much. Oh, we can't wait. If you, if you go, you must wear cater waitering wear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually think that um, Jack Quaid and I got ourselves into a Twitter agreement that I think is uh, you have to uphold in a in a legal in a in a court of law that yeah. we have to dress as our characters. <laughs> we have to dress as Mariner and Boimler. Oh, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that has come up on like the Star Trek staff Slack, uh-huh. so you may be held to it because uh, John Van Sitters knows about it. So here's the There's, thing: of course they want to do this. We Why are we pretending it. like they don't want to do it? Of course they want to. I want to, however, here's the thing. Here's why I could never be a cosplayer. My days of like making a costume myself, I think I did too much cheap and free sketch comedy in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is work to me and it is not joyful. So I will gladly pay an industrious young cosplayer. I've seen some of your costumes. You guys are incredible. I'll give you my measurements. This is a John John Hodgman Going the Hodgman route, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
I need to buy this. I know my limits. I know my weaknesses at this point. And I'm done making costumes for myself. <laughs> it sucks. Speaking as like a cosplayer, like I did. Another, another layer? I did um, another layer, yes. Um, I made my own Angelica Schuyler costume, historically accurate. Uh, to, for some reason, did Hamilton cosplay at San Diego Comic-Con. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> And then was so burnt out that I couldn't cosplay until two years later when I did Zendaya from uh, The Greatest Showman and then got burnt out again and haven't cosplayed since. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had to come up with too many like uh, it's a free improv show, but you have to be like a period specific knight from the Middle Ages. And I'm just like, no, I can't. I've worn so much (laughs) tinfoil. I can't do it. Sketch has ruined me. But you know what? I still have. Every costume and prop that I have collected over what? the years for sketches, it is so hard to get rid of that stuff because there's always this feeling that you're going to need it for something. <laughs> always. Yeah. Paul, why do you think I still have a violin? <laughs> go. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! Get the best merch in the universe with Star Trek products from ParamountShop.com. Shop Galaxy shirts, NX-01 hats, Starfleet Command sweatshirts, and more. You can take 20% off with code TREK20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Star Trek products with code TREK20 at ParamountShop.com. So we mentioned it before, but briefly, just Lower Decks is coming back this summer, August 12th. We have our second season. Um, we're super excited. I think we've recorded almost everything. I think I have some ADR to do, some like additional recording. But I've, I've said words for all 10, so they just got to finish drawing the pictures. And uh, yeah. that's, that's what's next. I've seen the first four, and I would encourage people to be very excited. <gasps> I, I really enjoy I've been really been enjoying it and I'm not gonna lie like I was shocked at how much I enjoyed the first season just because like first seasons of Star Trek are so traditionally like it takes a while yeah it takes it, a minute. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. takes a while to get on board but I really really liked it and then what was also shocking to me was that my husband who's like not a Star Trek person at all like was able to just sit down and be like yes I'm into this please oh, don't watch these funny. advanced ones Great. without me Oh, oh I love that. that oh it's a it's a shared show now that's Uh-oh. that's yes. big that's big <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not good at this. But that's cool. I love hearing that people's like first entry into Trek is through Lower Decks because it is just so different. I love that. And I can't, I hope I can say that I will be back on Yay! Lower Decks in season two. I think that's fine. Playing a couple different characters, which Ooh. I'm very excited about. Yes. Um, I'm that's very all I'll say for now. <laughs> I'm I haven't excited. picked up on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually like good at spotting people. Like I, I now recognize, like I was watching Craig at the Creek the other day and I heard Tawny and I was like, I know that. Yeah. So now I have to like, I'm going to be listening for Paul. Craig at the Creek, I play Jasmine, their cool college cousin who comes back and is like, you're not as cool as me. Paul, I'm very excited to see Dr. Miglimo. I'm excited that the Cerritos gets like a more permanent ship's counselor. That's always some of my favorite roles throughout Trek. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we have you more. Uh, yeah. Yes. Hopefully there'll be more reasons for me to help out that fucked up crew. 
Hell yeah, we are a mess. Um, and then, of course, uh, season three was announced as well. Obviously, yeah, no congratulations. air date on that. But thank you so much. Well, they're already started writing, and Mike has already oh. told me some little tidbits. And yeah, we're, we're excited oh, about it. Fun. Then we got Catherine Janeway in Prodigy. This is very exciting. At First yeah. Contact Day, we saw a look of the animation of how she's going to look. She is a hologram. She is uh, leading this group of young alien kids that find a ship. And she is, what, teaching them how to use it, I think? Well, so I can't say too much, but that is, like, what I assume, like, literally just from watching the trailer. That is what I have assumed as a fan, that she's sort of going to be, like, a mentor or a guide, which makes a lot of sense if you think back to, like, what her function was on Voyager, aside from being the ship's captain, obviously. Like, her relationship with Seven of Nine, re-watching that as an adult, it was so good. She is Mm -hmm. such, that, it's such a good student-teacher relationship that I don't think gets... Um, the credit that it deserves. And I'm really looking forward to seeing her doing that for children um, on Prodigy. And also just like, this is just going to be such a great way, I think, to expose kids, A, to Star Trek, important, but also to collaboration, like between Mm -hmm. working together, like different groups of people coming together, having to solve problems and also to science. Because I know that Aaron has been doing a little work on Prodigy. And so I think that we're going to find that kids are getting introduced to some concepts that they might not otherwise from their other media. That's oh, really cool. Oh, I love cool. that. So there's learning. And the art is great. Yes. Yeah. That's I, the art, love I, the art. I love the look of it. I think it, I think it looks terrific. It's beautiful. And yet again, like a different, you know, we talked in the Alex Kurtzman episode about innovations and with Lower Decks being the first animated, the first comedy, this is another animated, but yet a completely different style, a different yeah. look, a different vibe, different audience, intended audience. So, although I'm sure there's yeah. going to be plenty of adults tuning in, but- Listen, I watched 13 episodes of Girl Meets World. I'm going to watch Prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I like to think that whatever algorithm, whatever algorithm is tracking Kendra's viewing has no idea what age, gender, or like (laughs) occupation she is. (laughs) Nope. Not at all. <laughs> okay, we also got a Discovery Season 4 trailer. Man, those uniforms look cool. Those mm-hmm. uniforms remind me of the like Wrath of Khan vibe. Those are my favorites, I think. Those yeah. those Wrath of Khan, those red ones with the the white uh what's the term for that what is collar? It? Just like a turtleneck situation? Ribbed? Maybe I'm thinking ribbed. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love those uniforms so much. I thought that was a fucking great look. You know, one day you guys will have to come down to the archive that we yeah. have because all of those uniforms, they're in like giant black garment bags. And wow. I have touched so many of them <laughs> with my dirty, I dirty hands. I thought you were going to say they're in, they're in like Lucite cases. They're in <laughs> garment bags. They're in these beautiful zip-up garment bags. <laughs> Some of them have the zippered pocket on the top where you could put it. Some of them has a you little put clear a belt window in there. where you can see what's in it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. A lot of them don't have that clear window. And so it's just me down there whenever we're filming, like oh, wow. yanking zippers down, like looking for what I'm looking for. Oh, my God. This is very, um, it feels very Da Vinci Code, what I'm picturing. Just you yes. like poking through a darkened room of artifacts. I oh. feel like it's Night at the Museum meets bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah. <laughs> These uniforms just start walking around, unzipping their own garment bags. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's good. It was good. That season four trailer, it's good to see the, the gang back together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Burnham looks cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't really have a ton to say about it. But um, no, I would just say like as a fan and like this hasn't even been confirmed to me yet. Um, but 
there is what looks like a, either a Cardassian or a half Cardassian in yeah. the trailer. Yeah. Uh, one of the women. And for me, that's just really exciting because I love Deep Space Nine. That's my favorite Trek. Yep. Uh, and I'm excited to just see what has happened to the Cardassians sort of in that wake. Me too. I want an update. Um, there was also a Cardassian in the Lower Decks trailer, and that's all that I can say about it. But uh, yeah, I love I love Cardassians <laughs> coming back. They're just so mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's built into that. <laughs> yeah, but their society is pretty cool. I mean, they're a whole society where they don't trust men to do science or in other important things because <laughs> they can't handle it. Yeah, they've, <laughs> they've figured some shit out, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, is this true? This, we got a Star Trek movie release date? This I don't. There is, I don't there know. is a Star Trek movie release date. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because they, they released that. And that's all that we have. But that's kind of enough. I believe the date is June 9th. And now, let me truly peel back the curtain. We are not being coy. We are the people who work there. Kendra works in (laughs) the building. Well, pre-pandemic, in the building. (laughs) I I texted Kendra when I saw this movie release date, and I was like, what is this? And she was like, girl, I don't know. That we don't, (laughs) there's there's no information, even for those of us in the know, quote unquote. Yeah. I'm very excited about it, though. And the internet just ran with some unconfirmed details, I feel like. What? Yeah. I mean, people get excited and they want to, yeah. (laughs) But uh, we won't do that here because we don't want to lead you astray. We truly don't know what's going on, but we're excited for it. What do you want, though, if you could choose? I want a Guinan movie. I just want Guinan, like superhero style, whooping ass, traveling through time. And then like people, everybody, then everybody can show up. Then we can have all these legacy actors cameo because Guinan can be, and you know, we can have Kelvin verse people come in because Guinan to me is just so much opportunity, like Q, but like, I don't Mm. know. She's just a little more chill than Q. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Yeah. I want like a a Guinan driven thing so that we have permission to see like anything and everything from any, from any movie or episode. I'd like to see them return to earth again to our earth again Mm. there's that's always a fun thing when that happens yeah i don't know it would be it would be kind of cool yeah like picard time or later or earlier i i would like to see present day oh yeah i would like to see our present day oh cool yeah i kind of agree because like i guess you had the movie that went with the whales and that was the 80s and then voyager visits i want to say like 1995 at some point Uh there's like there there's some flowy clothes and some beepers yep um and we have the bell riots which is our future a little bit but but actually it's like 2022 years from now 2024 (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, so two or three years from now um but yeah i'd like to see them come and like I want to see them interact with like some Gen Z's. Like yeah. I want to see them deal with boomers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want like Worf to slap an iPad out of somebody's hand. <laughs> Just be like, why are you wasting your time with this? <laughs> but it's funny because like that would actually at least be interesting because at least now if they're visiting 2021, the technology, it's, st- it's certainly still not Trek, but at yeah. least it would be more recognizable. And so you wouldn't have so, well, you'd still have the, what is this, the Dark Ages? Right. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much. And I think that would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we do want to leave y'all with some, uh, some, some things to tide you over. I'm sure you have plenty of Trek in your life. I'm sure you can always go back and watch stuff you've seen before. Or if you're new to the franchise, there are several seasons of many series that you can go <laughs> check out. But while we're waiting um, for Lower Decks first and then the rest of the rest of the series to premiere in the fall, um, we wanted to give you some some podcasts, some some fan run stuff. Uh, 
just a, a bunch of stuff really to to hold you over. There's a show that I am a, a a big fan of and have appeared on many times. Treks in the City is a show uh, hosted by two comedians, Alice Wetterland and Veronica Osorio, and it's an extremely irreverent show. They have been mm -hmm. uh, rewatching the uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. When people are hearing this episode of our show, I think they will have finished because they're in the they're in the the final stretch of the seventh season, and it's extremely funny, silly. Uh, often insightful, uh, very entertaining show. Mm. Um, I, I I love those two ladies, and uh, I I'm very I, I always have a good time with them. So if if you need a way in, start with some of my episodes. But uh, I I think it's really um, it's a really enjoyable self contained uh, podcast that you can listen to. And Alice Wetterland was one of the last people Paul and I saw before the world shut down That's in early right. March 2020 when we were all filming something in Vancouver. We That's went to right. a bar right. and looked around at us, <laughs> creep, creeped out, like, should we even be here? And then <laughs> it was quickly made clear that we should not. <laughs> Alice plays Darcy on Resident Alien. She mm -hmm. was up there doing that. And were we both working on the Twilight, Twilight Zone? Zone? Yeah. 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 Oh, that was the job. N none of us were sure we should take because it was like March 1st and we were like, yes. things seem bad. Is yeah, this yeah, OK? Yeah. <laughs> Alice is delightful. Um, OK, I have I have a couple. First, I'll start with a fan podcast that I discovered. It's called Star Trek Discovery Pod. And I discovered it because they I think they started reviewing Lower Decks episodes. And I think especially when the first couple Lower Decks episodes came out, I was really nervous. I was like, do people like us? I hope. And <laughs> I love this show. It's got uh, four or five hosts, but I love the show because it has a, a wide breadth of types of fans. They have um, a host that is pretty new to Trek, and so they kind of have to explain a lot of stuff to them. The hosts all like different uh, series best. So it's a very diverse uh, diversity and point of view on the show. Um, and they do uh, Twitch streamed episodes too that you can watch. And yeah, I've just, I've just really enjoyed their, their coverage of all things kind of new Trek. They also talk about Discovery and Picard too. One of the hosts of the Star Trek Discovery pod, Mike Garcia, he had some really nice things to say about season one of Pod Directive. And so I just wanted oh, to nice. pass that on to you guys. That's nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, thanks. Um, to quote Paul F. Tompkins, I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also had a, um, there's an, another newer pod called Blast Shield, which, and, you know, this is a little self-serving, but I, they did start, they're a, um, a UK couple named Kyle and Katie that started the pod um, in order to review Lower Decks. And again, diversity of fans. Katie had not seen any Star Trek before, so Lower Decks was her first entry. And Kyle was kind of explaining some of the references to her. But it's really fun. They're just like a very sweet couple that um, their children are always interrupting things. And <laughs> I find it very adorable. And they've said nice things about Lower Decks. So sorry to toot my own horn. But uh, yeah, that's a show I like. Mine are not podcasts. I have like a two, like a few like random things. One, I would be remiss if I did not say Everyone should be going to StarTrek.com every day. Oh, of course. Because <laughs> every day, every, every single day, day. <laughs> 5 a.m. Pacific time on the dot, new content is published every day, every day. But I, I, I would suggest it not because not even for the news that we just covered, but for the fan essays, because mm -hmm. we publish stories that comes straight from Star Trek fans. Uh, and we also pay them for their work, which I am so thankful that we are able That's to fantastic. do. Mm -hmm. um, and so you'll get essays about uh, ableism in Star Trek. You'll get essays about what Star Trek can teach us about gun control. Uh, we have essays about how we should look at 
Odo as a member of law enforcement uh, mm-hmm. in the wake of everything that's gone on. And then we have like just fun things, just like a listicles of Dr. McCoy's best lines, listicles of, you know, the best bad guys. So it's a really good mix of content and it's all fan generated. So if you're looking for that diversity of voices, you're definitely going to find that um, on the website. And then just my own recommendation to tide you over the, for the summer. Uh, during the pandemic, like I said, I got real into Night Court. But I also got really into a show from the 80s called Spencer for Hire. Ah, uh, yeah. Which, which uh, co-starred, the co-lead on that show was Avery Brooks. As and Hawk. I had never, yes, as Hawk, <laughs> uh, sort of a rough and tumble Boston street enforcer. Um, and I had never seen Avery Brooks in another long-term show other than Meet Space Nine. I've seen him do theater and I've seen a few movies, but I had never seen that. And watching uh, the way he plays Hawk really informed a lot of the decisions for me that he made when he went on to play Cisco. Mm. And I was able to see a lot of what I don't have proof of, but what I suspect was his influence in the writer's room um, on Deep Space Nine. He was doing a lot of the same things on Spencer for Hire. And for me, it was just really interesting to watch those two things. And it just gave me a lot more understanding of what he was doing on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And I would just... Highly recommend everyone spend the thirty dollars for the full set. <laughs> 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 and he had he had his own spinoff for a while. He had a one season a man spinoff, called which Hawk, I right? a yeah. man called Hawk. He oh, moved wow. from Boston to DC because it's less racist. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> then yeah, and I'm actually trying to find to watch that. But yeah, I yeah. just I love Avery Brooks so much, and yeah, my biggest wish is for him to come back to Star Trek, even though I know that that is. Low chances, but that seems I like wish. the chances are low. I think that's a big want for a lot of us. I I would love that so much too. Maybe you never know. With you know, with all the different ways to be part of it these days, it might not be such a huge ask to, to ask him to come and lend a voice. You know, maybe yeah. he doesn't have to. Yeah. You don't have to get in the full uniform, Captain. Come on. I'm sitting in a bathroom. Your voice can be yeah. like you can send your voice anywhere. Avery Brooks, come on. You can be in your bathroom. I just want that to be the, the clip <laughs> right. from this episode. <laughs> Well, this is fantastic. Again, there are so many other fan pods. I've enjoyed checking out so many of them that I I feel ashamed that I can't list them all here, but um, keep doing what y'all are doing. It's very exciting for me to be, you know, I I consider myself like an elevated fan, like I'm a fan, but now I got to have this other elevated job. Mm -hmm. So it's just been lovely. And thank you so much for your support this season. We're excited to come back with the next season of this show. Can we say that? I think so. Yeah, I think that's All fine right. to say. Yeah, yeah. Let's I mean, you've already asked for Whippy Goldberg. So yeah. we're trying to get you Whippy Goldberg. <laughs> okay. They're going to get me Whippy. Whippy. They're going to get me Whoopi. Whippy. They're going to... I'm not going to make a color purple joke. <laughs> no, we're not going to Whippy Goldfarb will be here. <laughs> Oh, great. Now she's never going to come on. She's so insulted. Yeah. Anything else, Paul? Do you want to say anything else to the people? Have you have you enjoyed your time here? I really have. And I want to say it, it. we've heard so many nice things from people about the podcast. And it's it's really great. The people that have reached out online, we really appreciate it. And, you know, you, you put something out. You don't know if anyone's ever going to listen to it. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you can there there will be people listening you never hear from them at all you have no idea what's happening yeah. so it's it's really nice and and you know write to us anytime uh, i'm at pf tompkins on twitter um tawny is trondy newman mm-hmm. we we really appreciate your support and we're so glad that people are enjoying the show yeah and please do uh rate and and review and subscribe and uh-huh. all that stuff because it it really does make a difference 
yeah, it helps us in the algorithm. Algorithm, algorithm. How many times have we, we said We love algorithm? you, algorithm. We love algorithm. you. We pray unto you. Praise, algorithm. You bring us manna for us to eat. <laughs> Speaking of that, wow, please subscribe, uh, rate, yeah. and review because algorithms. Yeah. Algorithms. <laughs> yep. Rate, review, subscribe. We love it. Uh, all right. I think that's it for me. I want to tell everybody to live long, prosper, and stay cool this summer. I would like people to live long, prosper, and KIT, keep in touch. Kendra, anything from you? I'm just going to say live long and prosper because I work for Star Trek, and so I cannot change that phrase like you guys can. Uh, That's true. (laughs) That's true. Fair enough. You signed a contract. Okay, we're going to (laughs) go. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.